What's up, everybody? Hello, friends from everywhere around the world, man. Now we are worldwide. Um, welcome to the Modern Day Sniper podcast. Today, uh, we are with you, uh, Kalen Wojcik here and Phil Vallejo are coming at you again with another episode. And um, for those of you guys who have not uh, joined us yet for the Modern Day Sniper podcast, just kind of a, a a uh, little bit of understanding of what we are and who we are. The modern day sniper podcast is for the modern day rifleman and everybody out there who is in pursuit of becoming the best rifleman that they can possibly be. Whether you're a law enforcement or military sniper, precision rifle competitor, long range hunter, or a precision shooting enthusiast, we are here. Um, you guys are on the same journey as we are. We're here to learn everything that we can about this path and about becoming the best modern day rifleman that we can be. So uh, welcome to the show, guys. Um, I think this is what episode number 31, isn't it? 31, dude. 31, man. And um, dude, we have had a crazy year. I mean, everybody's had a crazy year. This has been just a bananas year for everybody. But um, you know, we've, we've done some things this year that have been super cool. Uh, we just wrapped up an awesome project that we've been working on for a long time. Um, really we this, this project came to fruition, um, kind of like last winter, last fall. And, um, it finally happened. And that was the modern day rifleman virtual summit that, um, a lot of you guys know and understand what is, and a lot of you guys participated in it. Uh, we had some crazy good numbers for that in terms of viewership. So for you guys that, that participated, man, thank you so much because, you know, if it wasn't for the speakers, you know, the, the people that, that we did the interviews with and you guys that are out there listening to this stuff, um, you know, it, it wouldn't have really gone anywhere. So thank you guys for participating. Thank all the speakers for participating. Uh, you guys did some absolutely killer interviews we got such awesome reviews on this thing. It was pretty cool to, to see him come in. Yeah, dude. Uh, let's talk about our freaking setups though. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, for those that are uh, probably going to, well, if you guys are listening to this, you guys probably can't see this on a podcast, but um, we're going to throw this one up on, on our live, but you know, it just goes to show our, our uh, dedication of bringing you guys just, you know, fresh and not only fresh information, but continuing to up our game, you know what I mean? With, investing into podcast stuff and the, the studio equipment. I think that, you know, continues just to separate us and just shows you guys, you know, we're willing to, or we're, we're open to making sure that, you know, we're, we're delivering you guys the best content that we possibly can. So for sure. And we'll um, the, in the environment. You know, and, and Phil, you, you've been super helpful and, 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 getting me on the path of like, you know, utilizing the, the DSLR here. So that way we can just give, give all of our, our viewers and listeners a better experience. Right. So, um, I appreciate that. And, and it, it looks good. It looks clean. And that's what we're going for. Dude, the summit though was super badass. And again, uh, thanks to everyone just to top off on what Kaylin just said. Thanks to everyone that participated. Again, whether you guys sign up just for the free pass and, you know, watch one or two interviews, you know, those that have had the, the time to watch every single interview, I'm not sure. There's a couple out there that, you know, that messaged me and said that they were able to watch them all on the free pass. But, uh, and then especially those that actually upgraded to the all access pass. Thank you guys for uh, supporting it. And then again, hats off to all of the other interviewers that uh, made this possible, you know what I mean? Uh, your subject matter expertise. And now that, especially uh, 
when I was able to road trip out to you, now that the dust settled, I was able to actually sit down and listen to the, all, all the interviews other than, you know, grab like a 60 second thumbnail clip of it. Uh, and I'm excited to talk about it. You know, well, what I found um, beneficial from the summit. Yeah, I haven't even had a chance to sit down and get through all of them. It's been it's been crazy. Uh, just, you know, there's a lot of workload that goes into putting this thing on. And, um, you know, my my hat has to go off to my wife, Cass. Um, Cass is the the kind of the brains behind this. Any of you guys that reached out to customer service, any of you guys reached out to the info at uh, Modern Day Sniper, um, Cass is what you got. Right? Cass is our customer service specialist. She does all the back end stuff. Um, and, you know, she actually introduced this concept to, to me from uh, other people that she follows in her communities in, you know, in the wellness industry and, and things like that. And she said, Hey, what do you think about this? This is really popular with, with our community. And it's just a different way of communicating information to people. And, you know, at first, the, the first example that I saw was super salesy and it was just like, man, I don't know, man, that's kind of like, it just didn't, it just didn't resonate with me. And then I saw a couple other ones that were done and it just, it was like, okay, well now I get it. We can kind of make this our own. We can do, we can make this our own thing. And so we wanted to be able to, to give you guys free information from the people that you want to hear it from and not have to worry about sifting through um, a bunch of internet forums. I mean, we all know that the stuff out there on the Facebook machine and the, you know, and some of the internet forums can just be just trash to look through. And there's not a lot of people that, that have the time anymore to sit down at a computer all freaking day long and sift through all those forum messages and things. And, you know, we just wanted to bring you guys, really valuable information from, from known and trusted vetted sources. And I think we really were able to accomplish that with the summit. So um, for those of you guys that have not that like are super interested in it and haven't had a chance to look at it, or you think you, you know, missed out on anything that is still up for sale um, on the uh, modern day sniper online schoolhouse site. So if you still want access to the summit, you can go, you can grab it, you can buy it. It's 30 hours, man. It's 30 hours of, of stuff. And the biggest, I think the biggest interview that everybody really raved about was Jaden Quinlan from Hornady talking about external ballistics and, and ballistic software which was huge because that's, that's an area that um, up until now has kind of like been um, it's like been applied ballistics, just getting shoved down everybody's throat as that way is, you know, the truth, the way the light type thing. And to be truthfully honest with every one of you guys out there, there are better ways to, to get a ballistic solution. And the Hornady Ford off program is one of them. So people really resonated that quite a bit. Um, and really like we got great reviews from, from everybody, from all of our speakers. So we're really grateful for, for that. And we're really grateful for everybody's time because it's a, it's a commitment. It's a time commitment. Yeah. Uh, to, uh, some of the things that point, you know, that kind of came out, we really stuck its head out with, uh, your, your interview with Jaden, um, was the fact that they were taking, uh, information uh, from uh, artillery, right? Understanding yeah. how artillery fireworks and, and stuff like that. So it was really cool to, to hear the concepts 
and you know uh, parallels between uh, artillery fire and what we're doing you know what i mean uh this would be more considered low angle you know under i think was it 15 degrees 15 degrees yeah yeah so i mean if you think about it from the spectrum of okay shoot, shooting out to a thousand yards for you know most modern calibers and the most velocity you you will be in minutes you require just right at 30 or just a little over 30 minutes so that's a half a degree of angle that we're messing with typically within a thousand yards right you know what i mean um and and not too many people really understand that varying degree of you know adjusting your uh your your uh your elevation angle um at that extreme so i mean for artillery and, and mortars i mean it's like 45 degrees right yeah, <laughs> yeah 30 to 45 degrees so mm -hmm. Uh, it was cool. And then another thing that he, he said that really made a good point was a lot of people discount the fact that uh, the Horny Ford off is free. So they think that it's uh, not as superior of a product as, let's say, you know, applied ballistics. You know, I'm just going to throw that uh, name out there just because, it, again, I think just like everyone says, well, PRS shooting, uh, there's a there's a bunch of leagues out there. And I, I, I know the PRS is a staple, but, you know, um, I definitely think it's just everyone has made that name for ballistic calculator and associated with applied ballistics. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's that's, that's hands down. Everybody, like you pick up yeah. a Kestrel and you assume that it's going to have applied ballistics on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, no, I'm, a, I'm, a, I've always been a big fan ever since you turned me onto it what, three, uh, two years ago, uh, I've been using it religiously. And uh, now that I, you know, listen to the actual interview, I can really uh, be more confident in uh, talking about like the zero angle uh, features of it and it, essentially what it does, you know, over a generic point mass solver, you know, to hear from Jaden, you know, effects like uh, mock in certain temperatures, right? Yeah. Why temperature is super important. Um, kind of throwing out density altitude, not really throwing it out, but understanding there's a, uh, you know, uh, time and place for density altitude bands. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, to essentially, which I've already done to kind of stray away from density altitude bands being, you know, super accurate, you know, it'll get you, I'd say, you know, point A and point A and back out to some practical distances. But I mean, if you really want uh, to push your threshold of accuracy and precision, you know, with the solver, you have to use real-time information of altitude, temperature, and, and uh, humidity, not just, right. hey, this is what the density altitude is. And that's why the calculator forces you to plug that information in. Yeah, the, the, difference, the difference between those two, like a lot of people are focused on density altitude and, and it shows when we have our classes and we start talking about it in the first four tubs, first four topics we talk about, obviously temperature, altitude, pressure, humidity, and people are like, Oh, well, wait a minute. What about density altitude? And it's, it's density altitude is all of that stuff combined into one measurement. And once one, you have to understand those other four topics first before you can understand what density altitude is and how it works. And it is, it's, it's utilizing, utilizing temperature, pressure, and humidity is far, far more accurate, especially when we're validating trajectories at distance, making sure that all of our elevation dropped out is, is spot on. So we don't ever want to do that with density altitude. Another kudos to another kudos just to that, um, 
just to that interview. And then uh, for those that are listening, and if you do have the all access pass, especially if you're a new shooter, this is one thing that I've actually brought up to Kalen. Um, I highly recommend you check out Owen Mulder's uh, and Kalen's interview first, um, just because uh, they they go in depth in, for um, point mass solvers and you know ballistic calculators, and they kind of just talk about how because I think Hornby Ford off is its own kind of with the progression of long range shooting. I think because now we're measuring four degrees of freedom, uh, it's just that next step of okay, how we're getting our firing solution, right? So I think Owen Mulder's interview was kind of like the uh, in between of okay from ballistic or from you know data books to uh, what a ballistic solver does, um, especially as a, as a newer shooter, because I could I could definitely tell. I mean, I've listened to that interview three times now, and every time you know I picked up something new. So it's just one. Of, I think that's one of those interviews that you know we'll always I'll always refer back to, especially. Um, preparing for a um, you know external ballistic class or whatever just to get a good uh, warm and fuzzy it is stressful to put to to put something like that out just because you know from the technology standpoint there's everything that can go wrong and you know there's uh you know things things aren't talking to one another and it's it's it can be pretty stressful so um we we were able to put that thing out and have virtually there was no problems there was one bad email i think that went out with a bad with a bad link and, but we got that thing taken care of like immediately. And if that's the only thing that we had to deal with the whole freaking time, I'm totally happy about it. Like that's, that's awesome. From the summit, I mean, that consumed a lot of our time as you guys can probably imagine, um, making sure that, uh, that we're there, making sure that we're there to field questions and making sure that everybody knows what's going on. Um, and so feedback is always, is always really good guys. So if you have other feedback for us and you haven't sent anything, um, we want to know, like, we want to know what your experience was like and, and let us know, send us an, in, send us an email at info at modern and just title it, you know, summit feedback. And we'd love to hear what you have to say. Um, and you know, you know, for everybody else out there, um, you know, it wasn't easy to pick the people that were going to be speakers, right? There's, we have so many different people out there that are highly qualified and, um, extremely capable to talk about these things. And so this is just the first time we're doing this. This, this isn't just a one shot deal. We're going to do this again uh, in the future. So um, be looking for that. There's a lot of people that uh, I feel like are in this industry, um, you know, that provide a lot of great information uh, that have their own individual channels. And I know, you know, there's probably some question, well, why, why didn't we think of them? It's not that, we didn't think of them. I think there's still, there's still, still a lot of people that we reached out to that just they couldn't fit it in their schedule. You know what I mean? Um, yep. So, but yeah, looking forward to definitely doing the next one or maybe a, a dedicated one to the hunting community and a dedicated one to the sniper community would be, would be cool. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. It's one of those things where um, this is a great, this is a great way to communicate information to people and, and get it out there. Um, to a wide variety. And now that we understand how to do that, we can start, you know, focus, focusing the targeting, so to speak. Um, so I'm excited to move on though. I'm excited to move on to, to the next, the next chapter, um, in modern day sniper, uh, progression. So, um, we got a chance to, we got a chance to, uh, blow off some steam from that. 
we went and did hit a bear hunt. Button. We hit a reset button. So tell us about, tell, tell everybody about your bear hunting experience, man. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, where do I start? Well, okay. So we did a class. We had a class. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Our, so we did PR 101. I came uh, at the tail end of it. I was able to teach um, positional shooting on the last day, which I thought it turned out really well. Um, you know, the progression going from 100 yard, well, doing the class, uh, doing the 100 yard paper, and then moving, continuing on paper and then not moving uh, to steel until we, you know, hashed out, hey, this is you know, what you should be doing. Cause it, 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 at the same time gives them in my head as an instructor, I always do want to push them out to steal, right. Cause it's funner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the reality is, I mean, if you're really trying to take your game from great to phenomenal, you have to go back to a hundred yards. You have to diagnose, okay. How to isolate just the issue of getting group, good groups on paper. Yep. Because if you're now trying to put a wind in the in the matter, especially at distance, now you're you know uh, you don't know if you're missing because it's um, a bad press, or if you're missing or a bad position, or you're missing because mm-hmm. of wind. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of times people will you know say that okay, well I'm missing more because of wind, not because of positional. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Because the other cool thing about doing that on paper is that you can identify like student trends, right? You yep. can say okay. Um, we don't, we, we don't number our students, but as an example, okay, like John Smith, right? John Smith, if we put him on paper at a hundred yards from the standing position, we can see that he has a tendency to pull shots low and right, or has a tendency to, um, not apply a natural point of aim. So we got a big spread out open shot group. So that allows us as, as teachers to really zero in on the people that have the issues, and so we kind of know what to expect and know what to look for in the event that we start seeing those issues arise at targets at distance instead of it going, okay, well, what was that? Um, and I think it's a really good point to bring up when it comes to talking about positional shooting. And so we run them through a scored shoot. And it's interesting to me that, that how quickly people can go from not recognizing that a tiny, tiny little mistake that you made at hundred yards causes you to have, you know, in positional shooting, it causes you to have like a two inch miss, right? A two inch miss, a two minute angle miss at hundred yards. And then when the scored shoot comes time and they launch a, they launch a bullet at a target at distance and everybody automatically assumes that you're breaking center shots right? Everybody automatically assumes that that reticle was exactly where you wanted it when it was time to make the rifle go bang. And so students will start basing corrections off of that. And it's, it's important for everybody out there that's listening to realize that when you start doing that stuff, this is not prone shooting anymore. The reticle is going to be moving. And so you as the shooter, you really got to pay attention to where the reticle is right before you release the shot. So basically that's called, that's your call. And so when we call our shots and we learn how to call our shots, we're actually able to make our observer, um, we're actually able to get our observer to give us a better, a better correction that way. It's super important to understand that. Yeah, I think a lot of times people think the voodoo of positional shooting is that we figured out a way to keep that reticle center mass on target. Right. Like we're shooting in the prone. It's like, no, that thing moves. You know, but 
you know, I think we've gotten to a point and I, and I still think I'm, I'm still continuing to refine because I know I can tighten up the wall zone, but you know, on a, a minute target, my goal on my stable positions, and when I mean my stable position or my baseline positions is that, you know, standing high kneeling, low kneeling and sitting positions, my go-to, uh, I can get my reticle, um, you know, within half a minute uh, in the target area dancing around. And I think a lot of times people, when they get off their belly, when they see that wobble zone, they think, okay, well now I just have to figure out how to time my shot. Well, you know what I mean? To when it crosses the center of my target or somewhere on the target. And that's why you see a lot of guys, you know, lighten up their triggers because it's easier to press through or tap through that, you know, um, timing than it is to try to apply two to three minutes of pressure or, pre or two to three minutes, two to three pounds of pressure on their trigger. Uh, you know, when, when they've uh, got that wobble zone, you know, where, whereas for me, the way I look at, um, you know, lighter trigger press is knowing that, okay, if, if it takes me on a standing position, you know, two shots on a two pound trigger to get two well-aimed shots off in 30 seconds, I know that with a, you know, one pound trigger, I can get, I can cut that time down to 15 seconds. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you do that with five positions on a competition, well, 15 seconds, five positions, that's 75 seconds. I'm spending more of either getting a good trigger press mm -hmm. uh, or save, saving 75 seconds, you know, um, uh, with, a, with a lighter trigger pool. So I think that's kind of the, the fundamental difference I see as, as, as far as what, how I see trigger press or trigger weights. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm still not. Uh, even on my competition rifle, my competition rifle still at a pound and a half. And I'm, I'm completely happy with that. And, you know, who knows, maybe in the future, I'll start decreasing that weight um, as I increase my desire to play the game. So we got to drink the Kool-Aid, bro. I, right. We've, we've I had those conversations. Up, uh, hey, I spun up two BRAs. <laughs> I Sony. Uh, I saw so I sent a picture uh, or I posted on my picture of my new barreled action from short action customs. Mm -hmm. Um, and everyone's like, holy crap, Phil's got a BRA. <laughs> it's it's going to be raining cats and dogs tomorrow or some shit. <laughs> right. That's yeah. I'm, I'm next man. I'm next in line. I've made the determination that I'm going to play the game. I'm going to freaking I'm going to relent and I'm going to, I'm going to get a, a, a couple of BRA barrels spun up as well. And we're going for it, man. Yeah. So after, uh, so after the, uh, you know, PR 101 class had a great class. Thanks guys again for coming out and thanks for your business. For, for you guys are listening. Um, you know, we appreciate you guys coming out and, and, uh, that was actually the first full class that I had had since I've been on the team, which was nice. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yep. It just gave me a, a, a good understanding of just having, you know, uh, just a little bit bigger, bigger school, um, you know, and I think the, the biggest thing as an instructor is just trying to make sure that you're, you're balancing your time with all the students that you're, you know, you're not obviously you're just focusing on one individual and, you know, everyone's got some love and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that's why we have the, our mentorship programs in place for guys that you really just want that one-on-one -on -one attention to yep. identify certain deficiencies and just build that program around that individual's needs. You know what I mean? And I, and I think that's, for those that are listening, it's like, well, what does your mentorship program, you know, include? It's like, man, we built that for you. So you tell us what you want to work on and we can build a curriculum one day, two day, however many days you need us around your needs and what you want to get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. We started to, we started to do the mentorship program because 
people just started to ask, hey, I just want some, I want to do the one-on-one thing. I don't want to do the whole class thing. And some people learn much better that way. And that's, and that's great. So we offered that program and we're actually going to do a little bit of a twist on that coming up and offering that in the year 2021. We'll get to that here in a little bit. Um, but, uh, what about the bear hunt, man? I think I'm avoiding the question like the plague because, um, so we, we, we spent three days in the mountains, uh, super awesome experience. Um, you know, we, uh, we brought up, we, we, from the first time we went in August, we were a little heavier weight just cause we were, uh, bringing a little bit more, uh, you know, sleeping gear. Like I brought a tent and, you know, uh, some more chow, um, and just a little bit more warm layers cause we anticipated it was going to be a little colder. Um, and at night it was, but in the daytime, I mean, it was, we were glassing in t-shirts. Yeah. Uh, it was crazy. And I think that kind of worked against us as you were saying, again, I'm, I'm, I'm new to the, uh, uh, backcountry uh, hunting, but uh, you know, after really doing that backcountry hunt, it I, it gave me a really good appreciation for being in the outdoors and and understanding like where these critters live. And one thing that really resonated me, it's especially um, after listening to you and Donnie and um, you and you and Donnie's interview uh, for the interview. Uh, you know, talking about, you know, as a hunter, you should get as close as you possibly can based off the situation. You know what I mean? Not just start slinging lead out because, you know, you want to, uh, you know, have that number stapled next to your kill. You know what I mean? Dude, that's so important. Dude, after that, I was like, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. You know, like I'm going to get as, as, as close as I possibly can based off the situation. And, you know, if that's a hundred yards, it's a hundred yards. If it's, you know, 300 yards, it's 300. And I, you know, I talk about this all the time, like with the amount of shooting that I do, the, the most comfortable that I think that I'd be able to shoot something is six, 700 yards, um, given that all the conditions are, are perfect, just because, you know, that first shot is always paramount. Yep, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, we- that, so I really appreciated that part of the interview with you and Donnie. Yeah. And you believe, I mean, honestly, there was a lot of people that, that didn't resonate with that. And it's almost like, it's obviously, it's an ego thing. It's, it's one of those things where it's just like, well, you know, if I can, um, why should, if I can, why would you admonish me for, for doing it? And I see that point of view too. It's like, uh, Hey man, if you know that you're confident in making that shot happen, then do it, then go for it. As long as you're, as long as you know, inside you that you're making the best decision based upon the information that you have, that's fine. But man, if you're out there taking, you know, five, six shots at an animal just to, just, just to connect, that's bullshit. Okay. Like I'm going to be the first to let you know that's bullshit. And you're, you're not, you are not a good steward. You're really not. And I'm sure the hate mail will flow and that's fine. I don't care, but it's the facts and that's the way it is. Um, and we know, I know for certain that there's a lot of people out there that do that sort of thing and they'll doctor footage to make it look like they only took one shot. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll admit. So we did a, a goat hunt in Grand Teton National Park and, um, you know, the goat that I shot was 730 yards. And the first shot I, the first shot I took, I missed half a mil low. Matter of fact, it's 
it's, it was a result of an error. And the last, the second three shots, or I'm sorry, the three shots after that first shot that went down range, they all got stacked within the baseball size group and the animal was, was dispatched, which was our mission. But like even at 734 yards, there are some people out there that in this, the whole quote unquote long range hunting game be like, Oh, that's it. That's, that's, that's as far as you shot. Dude, it has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with that whatsoever. Um, and you know, if, if, if you're, if you're one of those people, just take a step back and think about what it is that you're doing and think about, think about the why, you know, what's the point. So, um, and you know, hunting in the mountains is like getting close is not easy. Sometimes it depends on the terrain. It depends on, on the situation. It depends on a lot of things, time. And I'm sure like after that, after the trip, you were probably like, well, man, this is like, this is a lot, this is really similar to planning a mission, right? Oh, so, yeah. you know, there's a lot of factors that come into play to, 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 to cultivate success. Uh, one thing that, you know, time distance, uh, mm-hmm. cause so the, the first night, the first morning that we got there, I mean, I spotted uh, a bear and he was, he was a, a good four over four clicks away, uh, and through the mountains, I mean, four clicks down a drainage or through drainage. I mean, that's a, at least, and you called it, you said, man, it's probably going to take about four hours to get there. Mm-hmm. And when you, uh, you know, account all of the time from the time that we left to the time that we even got to a glassing spot um the next morning i mean there's probably five hours of movement just in itself so what we did was well we we came up with a course of action okay if we find something closer we'll just go with that if this is the only thing we'll see we'll we'll make movement tonight to go get it which is awesome you know it, it again i'm learning it's like okay we'll start building koas right out in the field it's like all right well if that is you know our only option let's try to weigh out okay well what if we spot something closer we can go with that one but if not you know depending on how much time we have um uh so i think when we made movement uh to well we decided a pack up camp and make movement to uh our next site which was well, like a two hour movement. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Downhill. Yep. The whole, the whole time I was thinking, I was like, Holy crap, this is going to suck going back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, moving and, and it's cool. Cause we we're just taking a trail and, and, and it's different because we're not used to taking, I'm not used to taking trails unless it's a forced March, right. Right. Uh, in the Marine Corps, you know, we're used to taking, we're used to breaking our own trail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the movement in that aspect is, is, uh, is easier in terms of, uh, you know, uh, just moving through, mm-hmm. but it, it's still a, a super hard on the body, <laughs> uh, especially if your, your body's not used to it. And that's one thing that really, I started getting frustrated about my physical abilities, like knowing that, um, I was not in the shape that I needed to be in order to um, not really, you know, I know I could have been successful in the field, but um, I think if I had to be out there for a couple more days, uh, I don't think my body was prepared to, you know, handle uh, two or three more days of movement like that. Yep. And in the, in the case that we harvested, right. Having to now take, you know, that, uh, that bear from, 
where he where we spotted him at mm-hmm. and then back up and then back to the trailhead <laughs> uh it would have been a long couple of days if, if that if, if that were the case but yeah, yeah i mean we spotted that one and we closed the distance to about uh, still about a mile mm-hmm. when we saw him the next morning and well, then you sat down and you're like hey man yeah we weighed our options again yeah and uh you know it, it just for me the, the mentorship aspect is like it just wasn't the all right we just need to like bolt over to the other side that we wanted to go and to close the distance to about 600 but now if even if we close that distance now the 600 it would have taken just to get to him would have been another two to three hours yep if not more and the other part of that too is like when you start making those decisions or you start coming to those decision points, um, the factors that come into play are um, obviously, you know, are you, are you physically capable of doing it? Um, are you physically capable of getting there? Um, and do you have enough time left in the day to get there, put the shot together before it gets dark? And this time of year, animals are moving uh, quite a bit. We had the heat working against us this trip. Um, most of those animals, we didn't see – we didn't see any animals after about about an hour after sun came up, right? So, so you're at a really limited uh, time window uh, to be able to like sit and get yourself into a position to watch. Um, and then once you do see the animal to make a fine tune adjustment on your position, oh, he's maybe a couple hundred yards out of range, uh, maybe he's 500 yards out of range or whatever it is, you need time to close those distances because as you could see in there, it's super vertical and you never go anywhere flat, right? So 500 yards to close a distance could mean that you had to dump, you know, 1,000 to 1,500 feet in, in altitude to get there, and your perspective is gonna change when you get down that low, right? So everything's gonna change. And the other thing that was working against us in that is that um, when he did pop out on that second day, um, he was two he was two figures or he was two terrain features farther to the north than he was when we based our original plan and so all of those things play uh, uh, play a huge role in that and you know if we would have had another day then yeah sure let's just roll let's do it but now you probably you understand like there's there's um you know once you when you when you make those decisions and you start putting all these other factors into play like okay this is yeah there's there's a lot there's a lot here to think about um and also water right it wasn't gonna be a big deal water wasn't gonna be a big deal because we were going down if we were we would have had to go down to the creek um and there's always water down there but as you can see if you were going to be cruising around on the top up there um even when it's 70 degrees outside man like that that sucks the life out of if you're hiking in the sun all day long at 70 75 degrees so really unseasonably warm weather for us this time of year, which kind of sucked, but, um, we got our, we got our opening, our general season for deer kicks off here, uh, this coming Saturday for 10 days. And so I'm going to try to head back in and, uh, punch a deer tag, punch a bear tag. And, uh, just in time to head out to pig river, man, to Virginia. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I, I, so when I came back, I just started doing a bunch of research in the general areas out here in Wyoming and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hooked. You know, I, I think the experience of being in the backcountry, like you said, it, it's it's a lot like you know what we did in the Marine Corps. And what I love, what right now, what I'm loving about it is the the uh, planning and preparation. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, right before or just on Saturday, uh, I took Zoe and, and um, Nicole out on a hike. Uh, <laughs> I didn't tell them where we were going. Good move. I didn't tell them that that was a potential, you know, uh, site <laughs> that I was going to go hunt. I just said, hey, we're going to go on a hike. And the whole night prior as, as uh, you know, as, as I'm prepping my gear um, and stuff like that, the girls were watching TV. I was, I was just doing some just reconnaissance on Google Earth. I invested in Onyx and go hunt and stuff like that. And, and then when I went out there um, and actually started hiking around the, the areas, you know, it, it was just like, okay, I did my research. You know, this is what, this is what's coming up and stuff like that. Just like we were going on an RNS mission. You know, what yeah. I mean? you know, the only difference is that I just didn't, I didn't obviously map out my route. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, hey, this is the direction that I'm going to go and just kind of see. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking forward. I've got a bug, that's for sure. And uh, looking to hopefully fit in a couple more trips uh, before it gets too cold. I think the uniqueness of it for, for me is like, you know, when, when you realize you, you, you look out into the, into the wilderness that you're at or wherever it is that you're, that you're, that you're hunting, you look at it and you go, I am free to do whatever it is that I want to do. Like I can go wherever I want. I can do whatever I need to do. Um, obviously within, you know, within legalities, but in largely you're just, if you want to pack up your camp and, and move five miles down the drainage, then you can do that. And you can go move five miles down the drainage. You just have to make sure that you, that you're aware that the farther away you get, the more chance of meat spoilage that you have and the more planning that you have to make. And um, it's not so bad when it gets really cold, but at the same time, when it gets really cold, then you got to add gear, right? You got to add things to stay warm. You have to add things that'll, that'll increase your sustainability and survivability and you know there's just all sorts of factors that you have to deal with back there that that make you think and the only time like even when you sit in glass like if i know i'm going to be sitting in glass and for a five-hour stretch i'm still thinking about all kinds of things still thinking about hey if i see a critter right there what's my plan if that happened right now what would i do what decisions would i make and if this happened right now what if what if what if right so you just start thinking through all those scenarios and um, your mind is not quiet in, in that regard, but it is quiet in the sense that like you're in an environment that, um, allows your mind to only be focusing on what pertains to success in that environment, I guess is probably how I'd surmise it. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good, yeah. I, I think just being able to, uh, look at the terrain and, I mean, even when we were, we were hunting, I think just the full experience of being in the back country was, I mean, you know, waking up and, and then, you know, a couple hours before uh, uh, daylight to make movement, right? Um, and, you know, only taking what's necessary under gear uh, mm-hmm. is, is important. Um, what was nice, other than that's maybe my ammo and, uh, you know, another thing everything in my pack i used yep you know what i mean <laughs> which is nice because in the marine corps there's definitely times that i uh, took a lot of shit out and <laughs> didn't even use half of it and you're like what the am i packing this shit there for it you know yep um so <clears throat> eventually and you're going to continue to refine that process you're going to come back yeah. and you'll be like okay well i used all this stuff um and maybe like when it gets a little colder outside you'll you'll, you'll use stuff. You'll think you'd be good. And then you'll realize you're like, dude, I just froze my ass off like that. I don't yeah. want to do that again. 
and you don't have to, right? You don't have to anymore. You don't have yeah. to suffer. Um, it just depends on how much weight you want to carry and how much room you have. Um, but, uh, you know, there is one thing to be said that like, you got to do a couple of trips with really absolute shit weather. So that way you understand what that's like. Um, because it does change everything. Uh, it changes what you pack. It changes what your mindset is. Um, like if you know that you got to sit and live in five days worth of rain, like that just, it's, Rain is pretty much one of the most debilitating environmental conditions that I've experienced in the mountains personally. I hate the rain. Um, it sucks. And that's like my, like, I, I don't care. Let it snow all you freaking want. Like let the dry, let the dry fluffy stuff come down. I don't care about that stuff. Um, but it's when it's like, you know, four or five days worth of rain in a row that just, it gets, it can wear on you mentally. It, it sure can. So um, that's why I love being back there. It, j it just challenges you. It challenges, it challenges you in every regard as a human being and your ability to make decisions because you're no longer in your, com you're no longer in, in your comfort zone, right? You're, you, you live in mother nature. Like you've chose, you've made the choice to immerse yourself into mother nature. And now you're at, now you're subjected to whatever the hell she wants to do. And sometimes she ain't nice and you got to deal with it. So, um, that's my allure to, to backcountry hunting is, is, is why I enjoy it so much. Um, yes. Yeah, cool. Especially. So the one thing that I was thinking about too, while I was out there is, is okay. If I had to shoot from here, how would I shoot? Yes. Um, and a lot of it, I'd say 90% of the scenarios that if I were to eventually shoot would, would have had been off a tripod, uh, because we were operating in a very steep area with a lot of fingers and stuff like that. Um, a lot of reverse slopes and, you know, I don't, I don't think it would be possible unless we got to a place where it was flat, which was like 10% of the time. It, would, yeah. it wouldn't have been possible to take a front shot. Yeah. There's, there's some of those places like you could see on a lot of those fingers that like they come out and then they flatten off just a little bit for, yeah. you know, yeah. 10, 15, 20 feet and then they dump off again. So those yeah. little, those little benches are, you know, you try to look for those little benches and stuff and remember where they're at. So if you're traveling on one finger and you know, you got to make a shot, you can be like, Oh yeah, I know where, I know where I can go on this finger to go, you know, yep. lay down and, and get way more comfortable. But you're right. Like that is an environment where, um, a prone shot is not always going to be the case. And, yep. um, you can see too, it's wide open, but there are also lots of, there's lots of pockets of timber, right? So you could see an animal and, like you could see him moving towards a, towards a strip of timber. And if he gets inside that timber, then there's no telling whether he's going to turn left, turn right, or go straight through it. So, you know, your shot opportunities as with all hunting scenarios, you got to shoot when you can, not when you want in a lot of those situations. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. So that was, uh, so we, we, uh, finished up with the hunt and, um, you know, came back home. Well, we, we talk a lot of, of, you know, on, on our hunt, uh, other than him and reset button. And should we just go ahead and share the news with, with, yeah. what's, what's next from May sniper? Hell yeah. Um, so one thing that's super cool about, I guess what we're, what modern day sniper is and what we're doing is, is, is changing. I mean, even as simple as changing the, the uh, qualifications, you know, that you and I are used to. Um, so one thing that I did while I was with you is just kind of experiment um, with uh, scoring 
because uh, one thing that we want to start doing for our in-person classes at PR 101 is, you know, qualification stand, uh, standard for you guys so that you guys have, you know, staples to always, you know, look back to and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, we're trying to, at least for us, trying to get out of the, you know, um, scoring that we used in the Marine Corps, which was first shot, you know, first round impact is 10 points, second round impact is eight points, so on and so forth. And you got to maintain a, you know, 80% proficiency uh, through all the qualifications. Um, uh, so, you know, we've been kind of experimenting with a new, um, new qualification and, and scores. And I think we've, we've got, at least I, I think I've drafted a, a pretty decent one up. Um, so I'm excited to test that out next time we uh, do an in-person class. Um, but uh, yeah, what we got coming up is um, something that I don't think it's been done right now in our industry, is it? Um, there's a there's a couple of them. It's just different models, <clears throat> like different okay. different structures. Um, yeah, so next year, starting January 1st of 2021, and we're going to open this up December. Yeah, we're going to start taking pre's, yeah, pre-orders we're, we're, in December. We're going to start, we're going to start <laughs> taking orders uh, in December to be uh, – an awesome Christmas gift for you guys. So just let b- bother your significant others. But uh, starting January 2021, we are coming out with the modern day sniper subscription service. We're going to have a uh, physical and a digital um, subscription service. If you're doing the physical, you obviously have the benefits of the digital one. Uh, the physical meaning that we will send you uh, some kind of modern day sniper gear or brand, some kind of branded gear. Uh, you know, that you guys, it's pretty much limited edition uh, for the subscription um, owners. And then the, what the digital subscription pretty much entails is um, a 30 minute cl- technical class on something technical re- regarding, you know, our profession of uh, long range shooting. So whether that be fundamentals, whether that be, you know, science of internal, external, internal ballistics, you know, um, gear, rifle setup, you name it. Uh, 30 minutes uh, every month of a class on that, 30 minutes of a mindfulness topic, uh, mindfulness for leadership, and then uh, we'll do a live Q&A for everyone that is uh, a on the subscription service. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we will give you guys a drill uh, to shoot that highlights, hey, what we talked about for those technical that technical class. Um, and then we'll also give you guys access to our training based off of that drill. So obviously if we release a drill for you guys, we're going to want to proof it and we're going to show you, okay, Hey, this is how we're proofing it. And this is what we're doing um, at the practice or at our training session. So we're just kind of giving you guys, giving you guys behind the scenes. Cause I know a lot of people have asked us to do that. Like, Hey, can you send in, you know, what you guys are doing for training? instead of us sending you, Hey, this is what our drills are. We're not only going to give you a drill, but we're going to show you how we ran through it. Yeah. And part of, so what's, what inspired this, you know, first and foremost, um, you know, the subscription style, the subscription based service is I think super important because we started off with the online training and what we're trying to do is reduce the barrier uh, for entry when it comes to gathering information. You know, when you teach an in-person class, granted there's, I don't think there's any, 
I don't think there's any uh, substitution for an in-person class or in-person coaching. However, what you can do is you can continue to learn uh, without that in-person coaching to a really, really high level. As long as the, as long as the curriculum that's designed is, is designed to make sure that those control measures are in place so that you know what benchmarks that you need to be hitting and, and whether or not you're hitting them. Um, but it's expensive to come to an in-person class and most of the time you're going to have to travel for it. And a lot of the times your travel is going to far outweigh the cost of the class itself. And so without, without having to do that, you know, or, or saying, Hey man, I don't have the money to go do that. That's a lot of freaking money to go do that. And we understand that we want to be able to bring this into your homes, to your desks, to your computers, to your laptops, or to your phones when you go out to the range. So that way you can continue to train and develop your skills as a rifleman wherever you are. And so we're, we wanted to do kind of like a lecture, you know, a lecture on a, on a really, on a technical topic. Obviously, you know, we're very focused on being mindful. Um, that's part of what we are at Modern Day Sniper, uh, trying to raise, trying to constantly raise our, um, raise our standards and raise our legacy and, and shift our paradigm or shift the paradigm of how people look at this sport. And so that's going to be included. And, um, obviously like you need to shoot. So the shooting drill in there or the, not, it could even be more than one drill, right? It's like, um, we bit, when we built it out, it was more along the lines of like a theme, like this theme this month, we're going to talk about this type of shooting. Um, and that's going to be incorporated into the drills. And then, um, you know, a practice session. I think that's really, I think that's cool. Like just to have a straight up practice session. Okay. This month, you know, Phil is going to record his practice session and talk you guys through what he's doing to practice. Uh, and you know, it'll go bounce back and forth between him and I, and we were also even talking about incorporating, um, uh, uh, a weekly yoga class in there. Um, we have, you know, a lot of people have asked us about that. I know it sounds super bizarre. Some of you guys that are super leery about the whole yoga thing, get over it, man. It is not just about fitness. It's not just about fitness. It's not about getting in shape. It's, it's about establishing a deeper connection between your mind and your body, which is exactly what we're trying to do when we go shoot a rifle. Uh, you're trying to establish a, 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 the most connection that you can with your rifle through your mind. And, and that's really, you, you believe it or not, you're doing yoga when you shoot that rifle, if you're paying attention to the fundamentals of marksmanship. So um, we got a really, really talented uh, yoga instructor who does a fantastic job. And um, we're going to be bringing chastity on to teach classes. So um, I'm excited about it, man. I'm really excited to start capturing the content for it and, uh, and, and to get it off the ground just because um, it's just going to bring more people into the fold, which is, which is what the goal is. Yeah. So we're going to have one dedicated for um, just a regular uh, modern day rifleman out there. And then, you know, obviously because the cyber community will always, you know, will always have a near and dear to our heart. Uh, so we also have the same program for snipers. Um, the, the difference is, you know, for your, for your snipers that are out there, is that you guys have your own Q and A session. So mm -hmm. you guys still, we still have the technical topic and the mindfulness topic and how, you know, that would essentially relate to, you know, you as a sniper and um, whether you're law enforcement or military, 
uh, but then we also make sure to reserve a live Q&A specific to uh, military and law enforcement uh, snipers out there. Uh, so that's one thing to keep in mind for those that are listening, uh, the difference uh, between um, just a regular, you know, subscription service and, and the military law enforcement subscriptions. Yeah. And the other, the, the other reason that, that that was sparked is, you know, we get a lot of messages from, from our listeners and our followers and stuff that um, a lot of questions, right? Like, like your inbox is full, my inbox gets full. Um, and there's just not enough hours in the day to do it. But if we can just sit down and say, okay, for this next hour, hour and a half, we're just going to be answering questions for people. And it's going to basically be like a, uh, an invite only uh, Zoom meeting format where you can just jump in and, and ask questions um, and give, you're going to be given an opportunity to, to say, hey man, this is a problem that I'm having. And uh, obviously we can't like dedicate an entire half an hour to what it is that you're going through. But what we can do is, is open it up to the class or open it up to the group give you, um, give you some points to go forward. And like Phil said, especially for the military and law enforcement side of the house and the professional side. Um, I think that that would be a tremendous, I think we think it's going to be a tremendous benefit for you guys. So be looking for it, be looking for it. It's coming outside of the subscription service. Right. So we got that going on. Um, the, the, so that there's just, so that there's clarity. There's not going to be a huge delineation between military and law enforcement guys versus the, the open, this, the, the quote unquote air quotes, open enrollment package. Shooting is shooting. And for you guys that are military and law enforcement, that live question and answer period, that's where you guys can start asking your, your specific questions. And so that everybody knows if you're going to be involved in that military and law enforcement program, um, it's going to be a discounted rate, number one. So thank you for your service. You're going to have to be holding a billet, holding a sniper billet. This isn't going to be for just like, yeah, man, I'm like, I'm, I'm a PRS guy or an NRL guy. And I'm, you know, I work at, you know, motor T or something like that. No, no, no. You're, you need to be occupying a, a, uh, a sniper billet in some sense, whether it be on a military uh, unit or in a law enforcement capacity. So um, shooting is shooting all the stuff, all the drills, that we're going to do all the subjects that we're going to discuss are definitely going to relate to, to both sides of the camp. Right. So, um, the, uh, the military side of the house, that's where you guys can reserve your questions for the specifics. And we're going to vet you. Um, we're, we're putting control measures in place. So that way you're going to either have to provide, um, a certificate, uh, you're going to have to provide, um, your military ID. So that way we can make sure that, uh, that, you know, the information that we're going to discuss is, uh, is controlled via OPSEC. Right. So it's important. It's important for us. Um, and so outside of the subscription service, we got something else coming that I think you guys are going to be super pumped about. It's not going to be for everybody, but it is going to be for our customers that are looking for more of that personalized experience. And, um, we haven't really slapped the table yet on a name, um, but I, what it's really going to be along the lines of is kind of a virtual mentorship program. And it's more for like our signature series customers that are looking for that uh, additional attention. And so what this is going to turn out to be is a designated um, 
uh, about an eight week program where you are going to be able to volunteer and say, Hey, I'd like to go into this eight week program. It's basically going to be an eight week personalized coaching program virtually. Um, and we're still fleshing out the details right now, but the gist of it is, is, you know, John Doe says, Hey man, I want to go, I want to take my shooting skills to the next level. Um, and I know I live on the other side of the country, but I still want to be able to take my skills to the next level. So what you're going to be able to do is you're going to apply. We're only going to take a certain number of students at a time every eight, every eight week block. And that way we can make sure that we're giving everybody the best, um, best experience possible. Right. So, <clears throat> um, you're going to be able to come in, you're going to take an intake exam. We're going to figure out where you're at with your skill level. And then we're going to essentially create a custom training program for eight weeks uh, with the end goal meeting a specific standard based upon where you started and where you ended up at the end of those eight weeks. And um, we're, we're talking about um, bringing together everybody in this, in this program uh, at certain points around the nation at certain points during the year to validate your skills, right? So like if you want to say, hey, man, we're going to be here uh, in these venues for four or five days, um, you can book time slots there and you're going to test. We're going to test you. We're going to qualify you based upon um, what our standards are. And then you're going to be able to, you know, do a little mini competition with your buddies. Um, and if you'd like to have more coaching time, you can, you can purchase more coaching time, uh, while we're on the range. So that's kind of what we got going on. And, um, we're, uh, we're talking about some, even a higher level package from that, um, more of like our elite experience type situations where, um, it's going to kind of be, uh, it's going to be more of like a, an elite slash, you know, what's the word you'd call it? I don't even know. I got I'm drawn a blank experience, high roller experience, yeah. high roller, whatever you want yeah. to call it. So, um, we're working on that stuff guys. And, yeah. um, there's a lot of moving parts, uh, that are happening behind the scenes. And, um, so if you, if we don't get back to you for a couple of days, it's, it's, it's just, we're, we're trying to prioritize tasks. Well, well let's talk about that real quick. And, and I don't want to be the asshole or push anyone away, but you know, um, you know, there's been an influx of uh, a lot of uh, personal messages lately, um, you know, DMs and stuff like that. And I try to get to the ones that I can. Uh, and usually those are the quick one one word answered ones, you know, like yes, no, or this is what I recommend. Um, hey guys, if, if you're sending out like a huge, like novel to me about issues that you're having, I'm sorry. Um, but uh, not like, not that I don't want to say I don't have time for that, but it's like, you know, our goal is to, you know, because this is our lifestyle and this is how we make money. This is how I'm able to provide for my daughter and our families. Um, you know, there's gotta be essentially a balance that I have to figure out. Okay. Well, this is the amount of time I'm going to give to my paying customers. And this is the you know amount of you know time I'm going to, you know, to my followers, if that makes sense. Um, without trying to sound too much like an asshole, uh, so I, I think, you know, if, if guys that are reaching out, if you guys got a, a serious inquiry about some of your gear and stuff like that, um, you know, that's why we're going to try to do the best we can to uh, do live Q and A's and, you know, listen to our podcast. Cause maybe that the answer is somewhere in there. Um, but I can't, you know, typically cause right now I'm editing, I'm doing a lot of editing, doing a lot of course, um, uh, right now we've got big river coming up in the, uh, 
uh, recon uh, or uh, a Marine Corps um, uh, class. Uh, so right now I'm going to do doing a lot of curriculum development. Uh, when I'm hyper focused into that, I mean to to answer a question about MOA versus MRAD that has tons of articles out there already, right? Uh, you know, and, and typically what I'll do is I'll just I'll just send that, but it just takes you know at least a good thirty minutes or an hour off my routine if I'm hyper focused on a, a, a specific thing. Yeah. Uh, so again, guys, just just be mindful about some of the, the messages that you're sending us. Um, and again, we appreciate the support, but uh, you know, if, if you guys need serious inquiries, please uh, email us uh, at our, um, so our names, so philip or canlin at moderndaysniper.com, uh, and typically we'll, we'll get back to you with a, a lengthier response. Um, but we also have, I think what we're going to do is um, a digital consultation uh, as well. Yep. Um, so, you know, what that is, is like, hey, I need an hour or an hour and a half or two hours of just professional insight before I drop $10,000 on a custom micro bill. Mm -hmm. That is perfect. Um, I'll, we'll walk you through it. You just got to book a time with us and, you know, um, and then, you know, figure out pricing uh, here uh, through that program. Uh, but, you know, it's like, hey, you see our calendar, say Phil's open from 12 to 3 on a Wednesday. I'm going to book him for a couple hours just to get his professional insight on, you know, these components and stuff like that. Cause I, I get it. It's, it's a, it's an investment. Um, especially if you're just getting into sport, um, especially if you're going for the higher high end stuff, um, you know, you want to make sure that your money is going to the right places and that, yeah, you mean you're truly buying ones and crying ones. Mm -hmm. um, and I've got a lot of gear that is just sitting there, uh, that I was like, man, that was a kind of dumbass purchase, but <laughs> <laughs> I have it anyways. It happens, man. That's the way. That's the way this thing goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not. It's not that that we're trying to like. Um, there's only so many hours in the day. Number one. Um, there's only so many hours in the day. Um, I don't like being on my phone. I would rather spend time with my family at the end of the day. So that's definitely not my time to to sit and catch up on on uh, DMs on on questions and answers and things like that. So we're going to give you guys the ability to have access to that stuff um, in an open format. Um, but it's got to be in, you know, it's got to be in some sort of controlled and controlled environment. So that way we know it's coming and we know it's expected of us and, and uh, expectations are, are met on both sides of the house. So I'm excited about it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm excited because it's going to be a new way of doing things. Um, and, uh, I think, I think you guys are all ultimately you guys are the ones that are going to benefit from it. So, um, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So I, I think the, the signature because everyone's going to say, well, nothing, you know, nothing replaces replaces in-person classes. Absolutely. Right. But, um, what there is a lot of in in-person classes, there's a lot of technical stuff, right. Um, mm -hmm. that you can learn, um, on your own, uh, you know, like the science of, you know, external ballistics um, and, and stuff like that. So that when you go and meet us, all we're doing is shooting mm -hmm. and we're shooting so much that you just get sick of shooting. Yeah. Uh, and that's how, that's how a couple of the Marine Corps courses works. Like when I got done shooting at Rocky Mountain uh, at, um, at uh, Mount Cyber, I wanted to throw my 40 off the cliff <laughs> <just> because <laughs> we had shot so damn much. Um, 
and uh you know it's good uh at the same time but uh you know when you sometimes what a lot of people don't realize when you go to an actual in-person class um you know there's hours of the day you know where you're sitting at least two to three hours behind a whiteboard you know mm -hmm. so if i can cut those two to three hours of a whiteboard and just focus on tasks that i know that you have already comprehended through you know online uh, training um you know you're already coming at us with a, a stable baseline of okay i know you know this i know you know that right mm -hmm. uh, for in-person classes it's like i mean you don't know what you're going to get and i think that's you know uh, what we're doing too with creating qualifications it's like hey if you're coming to a two-on-one course because you think that you you know there's no reason and you've never been to a one-on-one or whatever and you feel like okay well i've already progressed above you know the basic entry level of uh, long-range shooting well guess what on two one on day one you're going to take a kind of like an entry exam you're going to show us that you can do x y and z of what we feel like a uh, a PR one-on-one shooter should be capable of already doing. Sure. You know? um, what else would I, would, would, did I want to say? Oh, uh, and then, you know, with utilizing the technology that we have, such as our phones and cameras, uh, you know, with that signature, uh, I'll have a little class in there. So we'll be talking about, uh, hey, composition for uh, video. So what you'll do is you will every week get an assignment of, you know, hey, shoot 20 or 30 rounds this week or do some dry fire if you can't. And this is where I want you to set your camera up to take a video, whether it's 30 seconds long or a minute, and then send that to me. And then Kayla and I sit there and watch your footage and tell you, hey, this is what I think that you're doing wrong. Because at the end of the day, the only two things that I can't see is what your reticle looks like and, um, where you go after your, uh, your, your shot, you know, as far as recoil management, but because of the target cam, the, the, the trigger cam, was it trigger cam? Trigger cam. Yep. The trigger cam technology that we have, we can send you videos of what our reticle looks like, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm a huge, I mean, I've been doing now, it's just like, okay, well, that's the way that guy's thing looks. So I'm going to try to do the same thing. Well, we had, a, I mean, this, this last class, this last PR 101 class, yeah, the trigger cam comes in super handy um, for for us as instructors because you know you, you'll see something and as an example you're just like when well, the student clearly does not they're not getting it somewhere right so what I can do is I can throw that thing on there um, on their scope and I just say hey man do your thing I just want to see you shoot five rounds at your own pace and what I can see in those five sight pictures is like priceless man it would have taken me freaking hours to figure out what the hell you're doing um and in this particular case i'm talking about it's just an aiming error it's as simple as that hey what and then so you record the, like you record it like you can record it on the trigger cam you don't say anything to them you don't want to stress them out you just want them to say hey man do your thing i just want to see you shoot and then what you do is you play it back and you show them and you go this why did you aim there like you're supposed to aim in the center of the target and they're like, Oh, I, okay, that's easy. So we fixed that. And there was a disconnect somewhere along the line prior to us getting there. Fair enough. Okay. I get that. That doesn't matter at that point. So yeah. what matters now is, is, is correcting the problem and correcting yeah. it as fast as we can to get the student back into the mix of gaining value from training. Cause if all you're doing is missing over and over and over again, it's, 
not only is it super frustrating, but man, you're just losing, you're losing so much confidence, right? You're losing so much confidence. And before long, if you let that loss of confidence go too long, it's really hard to get it back. Um, and so in this particular case, it was just like four out of five shots, like you broke the reticle where you broke the shot where the reticle wasn't supposed to be. And then once we rectified it, it was just like crushing steel one, one after another. It's like, well, yeah, don't do that anymore. <laughs> so the trigger cam is a great piece of gear. And, and for those of you guys who, you know, are thinking about maybe listening in on the signature program going, okay, man, yeah, I can probably get in on that. The trigger cam is not going to be a, a required piece of gear but it will be highly desirable for your maximum maximum return out of the program. So um, if you guys haven't checked them out yet, I would highly encourage you to do so. Uh, it's a great, it's a great piece of gear, even if you're training on your own and you want to kind of evaluate your performance. It's really nice to be able to take that, that trigger cam footage and then do a side by side comparison of what your body position looked like and, and everything like that. And, and that way you can have a deeper analysis of what's going on. Yeah, so you know the the signature, especially, it it just allows us to to break out uh, your learning and, and stretch out your learning process for eight weeks rather than doing it in four days. Yes. Um, yes. And you know, again, it's going to be priced pretty high uh, for for guys that are listening in, um, but you also have to keep in mind, you know, for you yourself. Um, when you are traveling to a course, um, what kind of time you're taking off from work, um, obviously your tuition, ammo, mm -hmm. uh, travel. Yep. Um, so, you know, whether that's flying or driving, uh, room and board, uh, your, your cost of meals. So, you know, when we did the math, it ends up being just a, a little over probably four to $5,000, uh, for four days. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I think this is a, I think this is definitely going to be a, a, a pretty, pretty cool program. I'm excited for it mm -hmm. uh, because now, you know, you don't have to worry about taking time off work. Right. And you, you know, you're, you're being held to our standards that we feel like you should be able to progress and staples, you know, throughout that eight weeks. Cause again, at the end of each week, we're going to give you an assignment of some sort whether it be homework or, um, you know, typically like a shooting drill or whatever. Um, and then we're going to have you send us feedback of a dry fire just so that we can see your mechanics behind the rifles. We can see, you know, maybe, uh, some results at a hundred yards or, or whatnot. Um, so yeah, you know, we're going to be with you along the way for those eight weeks. So by the time you get to us in an in-person class, we know that, you know, how to zero your rifle. We know how you know how to get behind a rifle square. Uh, we know, you know, um, that you know how to validate your trajectory out to X amount of yards. And at that point, what we're doing is just we're able to see you in person and, and walk you through uh, the, you know, the fine details of, you know, being a precision rifleman. Mm -hmm. And it's, <clears throat> I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. Um, just because what's, what I think it's going to do is it's going to set it. It's going to just set everything up for, for the future of, of bigger and better things that are coming down the road. So um, I'm pretty excited. So what is next, man? What is, um, 
what are you doing? What are you going to be training on? Where, where do you, what are you doing for skills sustainment? What's up? Um, so I just got a bunch of new guns in. <laughs> that, uh, so for those that don't know, I, um, I just came back to shoot for Mark Gordon at Shore Action Customs again. Uh, so he built me uh, some pretty awesome stuff. Uh, uh, I've got two, B two BRAs on a Lone Peak. I've got two 6.5 Creedmoors on a Lone Peak. Uh, barrels that he spun up for me. Uh, I am excited to uh, progress with my Tika build series that I got going on. And that's actually what I took with me on, on our hunt um, is the, that Tika CTR. Uh, I'm excited to show you guys the two different routes. And I'll just talk about it real quick here for those that have been paying attention. So um, uh, Proof uh, happened to send me uh, a Tika uh, Prefit, which uh, uh, shoots phenomenal. And I've shot about 40, 50 rounds to that. It's a 22 inch six, uh, six, five creed more. And then I also had a, a professional one built. Uh, so I had another Teak action laying around and the purpose is to show, okay, from here, I'm going to go two different routes for this Tika build. I'm going to go, okay, maybe a guy wants to go a straight competitive build, right? Which is what I did. Uh, so I put it in a heavy barrel, I put it in a KRG, um, whiskey three, and I'm going to top that off with a, a Collis uh, K525 with a skimmer three radical. Or you can do a hunter build, which is what that configuration is now. Uh, it's just right at 12 pounds, so it's still in the x-ray with the carbon fiber barrel. Um, and then I put a spur um, the direct Tika mount on it, so there's no Picatinny. Mm -hmm. um, and I've got my Collis K318i. Uh, and so that's going to be like my hunter slash hybrid. And what I mean by hybrid is um, it's light enough uh, to hunt with uh, and backpack for me at least, and then um, to use it for uh, team style competitions that you and I plan on doing for 2021. Uh, you know, those, those sniper team matches probably usually consist of a lot of hiking and stuff like that. And the last thing that I want to do is wheel around a 21 pound rifle. You know what I mean? That's dedicated for competition. Um, so I think that, you know, uh, it's a, it's a perfect hybrid for, uh, hunting and that, uh, team style matches. Yeah. Um, so those are, that's the kind of two different routes and I'll, I'll show you guys, if you guys are paying attention to that, to that Tika, that Tika build. And then, um, what else? So training right now, doing a lot of hard reset on my fundamentals, um, paper at a hundred, uh, you know, my, I really want to get comfortable in my staple positions, uh, you know, trying to get my groups down to, you know, three quarters of a minute from standing high kneeling, low kneeling and a sitting position. Um, yeah, I think I've, I've classified, I like, I think I'm, I'm good with those four different positions, um, as your, as your staples. And, you know, anytime you go from, you know, in between those are those awkward kind of like the low standing that's too high to kneel yep right um let's be honest if i was setting up in a position that i had my tripod that is the last position that i'd go to <laughs> obviously it's important to um it's important to practice uh because okay what if, I, if i'm shooting off a barricade now i'm 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 first uh, to that specific height but i think in terms of a uh, tripod engagement um you know, typically when you're engaging off a tripod, you probably are trying to clear some kind of obstacle. Right. right. 
And for a tripod, I'm going to make that tripod work for me. So I'm going to try to work on the four different heights uh, that can get me by in the case that, right, um, I need to uh, clear it. So obviously, you know, why prone or why stand if you can kneel, why kneel if you can sit, why sit if you can prone out. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think, you know, having those stable positions are important to give you a baseline of how you're uh, performing uh, in those alternate shooting positions. Because I think a lot of guys just start practicing random positions, right, without without the why. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think that, and this is coming up for our, uh, as a, kind of what I've been talking about after you uh, uh, had me start running out the uh, positional course of fire. It's like, okay, what do I feel like a shooter needs to get out of when they come through a positional course? Well, I think the very first thing that we need to identify is their staple positions or their baseline positions. And then from there, they can deviate, but as long as they apply the same kind of foundation when building those positions, I think that the awkward positions in between, in the in-betweens uh, will be um, a little bit more uh, understanding when they're building their position within, um, in those matters. Sure. No, it's, it's, those are all good points and, and establishing the baseline is, is, is absolutely key. You have to know what's expected, right? You have to be able to be like, okay, well, these are the standards. And so now we're going to base, we're going to, we're going to move from those standards and figure out where, where we got to go. Cause it's, it's kind of the same, the same concept, right? Where you got any number, there's so many barricades, <clears throat> right. And so many supports out there and, and, uh, you know, we've talked about this before on the podcast where it's just like, there's no standard. There's no rhyme. There's no rhyme or reason. So if I'm going to try to test a shooter uh, out of the standing position, all right. So like my standing position is going to be different than your standing position. Um, I'm taller than you. Uh, and it's, and your standing position is going to be way different than Cassandra's standing position or Nicole's standing position or Luke or Zoe's standing position. Right. So we have to make sure that we're like, okay, well, Hey, little dude, we're going to go out and shoot at the range. I want you to shoot from the standing position. Well, like he's going to be, you know, he's got to be at a completely different level than, than what I would be or else anything in between is uh, an adaptation, right? You're, you're adapting at that point in time. And in order for you to adapt, you have to have the baseline skills and understanding of what right is supposed to be before you yep. start adapting. And I think a lot of people go about this back asswards. Yep. And we see that a lot at shooting competitions where it's like, oh, you got to shoot from the, from the standing position. Okay, well, all right. Well, what are we testing you on? Are we testing you, are you on your ability to adapt or are we testing you on your ability to shoot from the standing position? Yeah. What is it? That, that's, a good, that's a good point. And, and I think when, when people come through our positional uh, course, they will start be able to identify that and have more purpose when they're going to actual attack a stage, mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, especially on a, on a precision rifle competition, that's knowing, knowing is half the battle, knowing what position you want to flow into is going to, you know, um, I, I like what you call it. You called it present time and it's set time or site time. Presentation time and set time. So, yeah, so your presentation time is your, essentially your building, right? Mm -hmm. you, got presented on target once you are able to you know identify hey that's where my target's at once you close that bolt then you go into your set time and your set time is when you should slow down yeah not the other way around you yeah. should be you know taking your 
you shouldn't be taking your sweet ass time building a shooting position. That should be quick. Mm -hmm. You should slow down right when you're about to go through your, uh, your, yeah. your shot process and stuff like that. Yeah. I learned that from, um, I actually learned that from a guy by the name of Steve Fisher. Uh, when I was working at Magpul with him, he was a, a pistol carbine instructor still is. He owns a company called Sentinel concepts and he teaches primarily in the, on the East coast. Um, he, he dry, he spends a lot of time on the road teaching and, um, I taught a class with him as an assistant instructor. Uh, I'm not a pistol carbine uh, ninja by any stretch. Um, I know enough to, I know enough to be dangerous. Well, I know enough to be safe. Let's put it in, in a shoot house or something like that. I know enough to be safe, but um, he was talking about, all right, so there's this standard, right? I'm going to give you X amount of time to accomplish the standard. And we were talking about like drawing from the holster. Um, and it's like, Hey, Okay, well, if you want more time to settle your sights on the target, if you want more time to aim, then we have to speed up the presentation time. We have to speed up the time at which it takes us to visually process what happened, make the decision to draw the pistol, present the pistol to the target, and as soon as that pistol comes out to position number four or full arm extension, now we're settling the sights on the target based upon acceptable target size and acceptable sight picture, and now we go back into, okay, now it's time to drop those gears. We're not going Mach 5. We got to drop those gears down to like four low, long enough or whatever gear is appropriate to settle the sights on the target for the given size. And that's how you get faster. And it's like little things like that that you just, it's like, oh, well, that applies to everything, right? That applies to positional shooting. It's just like, hey, what's going to... You have 90 seconds to shoot five positions. What's going to give you more time to settle the sights and get everything under control and under wraps in those five positions in 90 seconds? Well, it's going to be a quicker presentation time. How, how quickly can I present the rifle to the target and position my body behind it to apply all of those eight factors, sights, breathing, natural point of aim, trigger control, and follow through? Yeah, and a good way to, too, for you guys who are listening, you know, when, when you guys are setting up for positional shooting, you have to separate your tasks of, okay, uh, I think when you shoot um, paper at 100, what that allows you to do is that allows you to focus strictly on your ability to be stable or so your wobble zone factor, right? Mm -hmm. And then when you transition to distance, you are now focusing on your ability to manage recoil because when you build your shooting positions, those are the two things that when you're messing around with your eight common factors to while shooting positions, those are what you're primarily influencing, obviously comfort, but your ability to manage recoil or your recoil management and your stability. Right. Um, so it's a, and it's a give or take when you do things that, um, increase your stability, you are probably sacrificing a little bit of recoil management, right? And that's typically the rifle to shoulder connection and how much pressure they're pushing forward and vice versa. You know, if um, they are, you know, doing what they can to manage recoil off their belly, well, what's going to kind of go down is their ability to be stable and their wobble zone is going to open up. So, you know, for those that are, you know, trying to figure out ways to train at home, mm -hmm. um, you know, isolate those two things by shooting, okay, shooting paper off positional with the focus of stability. Don't worry about where your radicals jumping off and stuff like that. 
But then when you move over to steel, that's where you focus. Okay. I want to make sure that I'm coming right back on target. This mm -hmm. is how I need to, you know, and then try to balance both of those. Agreed. Super Rather than cool. kind of just, yeah, throw, like throwing the shit on the wall and see what sticks, you know, like, <laughs> Oh, I'm getting hits here. Okay. Well, you're getting hits, but are you able to see where you're getting hits? That's, right. that's, a, that's a, that's an important point, you know, because mm -hmm. I think I hear it a lot. <laughs> I hear it a lot in the, I hear a lot in the competition space. Like I can't see my hits. Okay. Well, you know, what are you shooting? It's usually like some kind of six. It's like, and okay. so, so I'm going to add weight to my gun. Let's I'm going to, I'm going to add weight yeah. to my gun so I can see my hits. It, well, it, 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 I'm glad you brought that up. So what we, what I've learned is that a rifle that is more balanced is more important than a rifle that is heavier. Mm -hmm. So if your rifle is 30 pounds, but it's super front heavy and you got no weight in the back, um, you know, that 30 pounds doesn't mean shit. Um, I, at, the rifle that's sitting right behind me is right at 22 pounds and it's uh i've got weight in the back to balance out the, the heavy barrel but it the, the balance point is right where it wanted at which is about an inch or two right in front of the magwell right yeah it's because once you if you have a rifle that's out of balance wherever it's out of balance that's going to be the that's going to be the point where it starts to oscillate like your sight picture will start to oscillate and it's just going to get worse. It's not going to get any better. Yeah. It's going to get worse. Yeah. Um, so being, being balanced is important. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, um, I'm looking forward to refocusing the attention on um, building some, building a couple of serious game guns. Like I'm like, I, I've never really played it and I'm, I'm about ready to, to dive in and we're going to see what 2021 brings. Yeah. It's going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be yeah, good. Yeah, so we, we're going to be busy. Um, we've got, yeah, so so guys, stay tuned to uh, that subscription service. Um, we're going to, you know, obviously we're going to uh, launch out some details here shortly uh, now that we, you know, talked about it. But, um, you know, don't expect like a full, hey, this is what we're going to be covering. Uh, we've got that uh, behind the scenes. Uh, but, um, you know, it's going to be kind of like a popcorn effect. Um, you know, it's so it, at any level or any point in time, you can jump into the subscription service and, and, and you know, have uh, uh, beneficial. And I think what we talked about is, you know, let's say because we are starting in January, but let's say, you know, in, in the, it didn't work out for you finance, you know, finances and the books to, um, you know, start in January. Well, if you start in May, you're still going to have access to what we published earlier that year. Yeah. Yeah. So if you start in May, there's going to be five months or four, four months of content that's already been posted and all that stuff is going to be archived. So it's all going to be, you're all going to have access to it. Um, and we're also going to be doing some small webinars uh, here shortly. Um, and those webinars, you're also going to be, have access to those webinars that unless you're a member, uh, you won't have access to, right? So like we'll run a webinar and, you know, you can pop into the webinar uh, at the scheduled time. But if you're not a member of the Modern Day Sniper Online Schoolhouse, then that webinar, you won't have access to that webinar information unless you're a member. So you're going to have a ton of benefits to becoming a member. And um, we're going to, we're going to release the pricing structure here pretty quick. Um, it's, I think it's going to be super reasonable uh, based upon like the, the amount of value that you're getting, especially like between 
the, the, the military and law enforcement guys, y'all are fools if you don't take advantage of it. I mean, seriously, like it's going to be too much information and too much. Um, it's basically going to be just like a giant library that you're going to have access to for a really reasonable amount of money. Um, and then, you know, on the, the, the next tiers up in terms of um, the membership statuses, you know, you're going to have access to all kinds of stuff. And we're just trying to, we're just trying to give you guys the best experience we can, man. That's, that's where, that's what we're here to do. So I hope that what you guys saw from the summit, you can look at that and go, okay, all right, cool. So this isn't going to be like, this is going to be, we're going to try to do this as high quality as we possibly can so that you can have the best experience possible. I'm going to keep training. I've, I've got a, I've got a couple more hunts coming up. I got our general season coming up here. Um, obviously we got, we're getting ready for pig river. So I'm going to be running through all of our fundamental drills, making sure that, that we're all razor sharp on that. Um, uh, gonna, I've got a six, five Creedmoor trainer rifle. Uh, I've got a two, two, three trainer. I also have a bunch of guns that I got to put together. I pretty much swapped over most of my actions now to the American rifle company between the three of them, uh, mousing fields, uh, Archimedes and the nucleus. Um, really, really enjoying those things. They're just really well done actions and tons of modularity to them. So yeah, man, there's just a ton of stuff going on and we're, uh, we're going to get back to the weekly podcast. Obviously the summit took us away from that just because that's our attention. You guys probably got sick and tired of seeing our freaking faces everywhere. Um, so we're going to continue to go forward with the podcast back uh, every week. So you can look forward to that. And, um, yeah, it's going to be cool winter. Um, I know there's some really, there's some crazy rumors going around about SHOT Show. Um, from what I've heard, SHOT Show is going to be like a complete disaster as a result of the COVID stuff, which I am totally fine with. I'm totally fine with regaining another three weeks of my life that um, I would have otherwise given up to the SHOT Show um, machine. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the, I'm excited about the fall. I'm excited about uh, pig river. We got our in-person classes coming up. I know you guys have been hitting us up pretty hardcore for the 2021 schedule. Philip and myself and Cassandra are working diligently and that should be available for release um, for you guys no later than November one. So uh, there you have it. That's uh, there's our, there's our benchmark November one for 2021 schedule. I think that's good to wrap it up, huh? Yeah, man. It's been about, I think so. about an hour and some change. Yeah. Hour and so, a half. Uh, hey, guys. Um, again, we appreciate everyone out there, everyone that has supported Modern Day Sniper. I, I think this is November, the one year? November 24th is, I think, yeah, November 24th. Or is it October? Or did we, did we start October? I'm pretty sure the brand came out. The, we released the brand November. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so mm -hmm. almost coming up for a full year on, uh, you know, the anniversary of, of Modern Day Sniper. Um, man, we're super excited. Uh, um, we're all super excited, but it's, it's crazy. The momentum is definitely because of a lot of you guys and, and your support. Uh, we appreciate everyone, um, everyone's business. And, uh, you know, we just appreciate, you know, the support to, to, to the brand and the lifestyle. And, um, we've got swag uh, coming. Yeah, swag. And again, um, we're just going to just say this, you know, we appreciate a lot of your guys' reservations for wearing modern day sniper apparel uh, because it has the word sniper on it, um, you know, but, you know, and that's why we created the modern day rifleman swag for, for those guys. But we understand that if you're wearing a, a sniper shirt, 
or modern day sniper that you're just, you know, again, raising brand awareness for the mindset of what modern day sniper is. Yeah. And, uh, it's not yeah. like you're running around with a schoolhouse shirt on, right? It's not like you're yeah. running around, you know, this isn't some stolen valor stuff. We get it. Like, yeah. it's not a big deal. Um, it's, and, and that's it's, a good time to be honest with, if someone comes up and asks you, Hey, you know, that's a cool sweater. What is modern day sniper? And they're going to probably ask you, Hey, if you're a sniper, I mean, that's a good testament to who you are as a person be like, Oh man, I'm not a sniper, but you know, these guys at modern day sniper, they've got a cool thing going on, blah, blah, blah. And I think that's, you know, but if you're like, Oh yeah, blah, you know, then you're going to get what's coming to you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Totally dig it. Right on, man. Well, uh, let's wrap this up. Thanks, guys. We appreciate y'all listening and um, be looking for um, all of our stuff. If you guys haven't gotten signed up for the email list, you're kind of screwing up in life. So that way um, uh, you're going to get all of our notices and stuff. Uh, make sure you do that. And um, we're, we're working, man. Like just realize it's, it's literally a three person show. So we're doing the best we can with all the hours in the day that we got. So love you guys. Thanks for everything. Thank you for your, uh, thank you for your follows. Thank you for your comments. Um, in the meantime, man, continue to shoot well, have fun. Keep facing the gun guys. See you, see you next time. <laughs>